At Freedom HealthWorks, we're focused on putting medical professionals back in control of their practices. Utilizing a structured, tailored approach to business, startup, and operations, it could make sense for you to work with our professional team to avoid expensive pitfalls and, more importantly, expedite your journey to success. As we all know, time is money. If you're involved in the practice of medicine and desire to practice free of headaches and constraints, reach out for a no-obligation consultative conversation. Call us today at 317-804-1203 or visit freedomhealthworks.com. Welcome to Healthcare Americana, coming to you from the Freedom Doc Studios. I am your host, Christopher Havick, CEO and co-founder of Freedom HealthWorks. This is a podcast for the 99% of people who get care in America. We talk to innovative clinicians, policymakers, patients, caregivers, executives, and advocates who are fed up with the status quo and have their desire to change it. We take you behind the scenes with people across America that are putting patients first and restoring trust in American health care. So many of our episodes over the past few years of doing this, and we get to talk to so many incredible people out there making a difference in people's lives, is the overall health of our country's citizens. How do we become healthier as a population when there's so many pulls and so many constraints on our time, on our energy? We're not prioritizing. There's different ways to handle different things. But everything points to, whether it's a COVID pandemic or just health data in general, to the fact that Americans are just not a very healthy population by and large. Today's guest is out there to change that, to help people Fathers, mothers specifically, recapture that time, recapture the motivation, I would say, to get out there and prioritize their health so that they can see their kids grow up, see their grandkids grow up as well. So please welcome Dr. Anthony Balduzzi, founder of the Fit Father Project and Fit Mother Project, a naturopathic physician and podcast host. Dr. Balduzzi, welcome to Healthcare Americana. Thanks for having me, Chris. Happy to be here. I love these episodes because we get to talk about just what I consider to be population health. I know that has so many different definitions around it. And a lot of people want to skew towards numbers, but by, but, but you can't avoid the fact that each one of us is completely different, completely coded, wired, completely different. So taking a one size fits all just, just does not apply through your work specifically aimed at moms and dads in the world of providing personalized plans to help them go out and recapture hope is what I'm going to say by losing weight, getting active and becoming, you know, staying around, I guess, for their, for their kids. Walk us through really what the Fit Father Project is and Fit Mother Project and how you're impacting people. So basically, you know, when I was in medical school, I was looking around and seeing just so much lifestyle driven chronic disease, diabetes, heart disease. And it was and I'll share my personal story a little bit later, but it's the exact stuff I saw happen to my family and my dad when I was growing up. And I knew that today, in today's day and age, like parents, particularly in the middle point of life, when they're experiencing metabolic changes, have very stressful schedules, are just being bombarded on all angles. There's a lot of different environmental pressures. And then as physicians and practitioners, I felt like most of us were not really equipped to help them solve these things on a deep level, because quite frankly, you need to help your patients learn how to change their food choices. And there's a lot of aspects that go into that. You need to help them learn how to move better. You need to help them learn how to better circadian rhythm balance. And the system wasn't set up in a way that we could teach people in the time we have allotted with them when they're in an office. So what we often do is try to give certain kinds of prescriptions to reduce risk based on what we see in the data. And we hope that they they are able to go out there on their own and make these changes. 
But obviously when we look around over, let's just say over 50% of people are overweight, if not obese at this point, it's not happening at home because health gets put on the back burner because many people psychologically feel like their health is something that's different than the rest of their lives. I have my work, I have my kids, I have my job, my responsibilities, health is something I'll get to let alone the fact that psychologically food is a great escape for many people. And we have a huge industry right now that is predicated on hyper palatable, high calorie, non-nutrient dense foods. And, and many of us are addicted to these kinds of things. So it's like a perfect storm for us having a lot of issues. And I like to think of it as mostly from an individual level, right? These are, these are moms and dads who want to do better, but they're not. And now they're actually passing on those habits to the next generation. We're seeing the same things happen with kids. Kids didn't have diabetes 40, 50 years ago, but we have it now. Now we're passing on generational habits. There's industry components, and I want to help bust that up. Obviously, it's a huge problem. Like one man is not going to solve all this, but I do know that there's a lot of people who have really good intentions. They want to do better. They just didn't have the resources, the motivational framework. And so I created that with Fit Father Project and eventually Fit Mother Project. And the reason they're called Fit Father and Fit Mother Project is because I believe that people need deep reasons to get healthy. It's not good enough when you're 40 or 50 to say, I just want to have a body that looks a particular way. You know, it's motivating to a certain level, but it's not deeply motivating. But many of us, when we see that our actions on a daily basis are actually tied to our greatest core values, how we show up as a parent, the longevity we have to be there to see our kids get married, like that's more, that's, it's touching on a deeper motivational framework. So motivation and hope is a big part of what we do, but we also have found ways to make nutrition simple and sustainable and teach people so they can be their own uh, director and manager of their own health system. So it's an empowering framework. You spend a lot of time talking about nutrition education and behavioral change. Mm -hmm. And I love it. I'm a big fan of that, right? Because you're not going to have long-lasting change without people sitting like, I need to learn what to do in different scenarios across the board, but let alone how to eat, how to train, how to exercise. Do you get a lot of people who come to you just saying like, oh my gosh, I never even knew that this was an option to actually make healthier decisions? For sure. All the time. What we have as humans is we have a desired outcome. We have a desire for, you know, what the change is going to be on the other side. We want to look a certain way, feel a certain way, but we don't always know like the steps to get there. And so there's an analysis by paralysis here. And I think it's important to look at now, all of us just listening now, not as doctors or industry people, but like as human beings, every day we wake up and we have this life experience where we have a body that has direct needs. We need to give it inputs, certainly on the food and the hydration. Maybe we choose to move whatever. But every day we're making a series of choices that are shifting our momentum in the direction of good health and alignment, or quite frankly, digging a deeper rut that we're going to need to undo later. That's going to create a certain kind of damage that will be reaped later on in life. And so what I help people do is kind of like honestly relate to their lives in a, in a, in a different way. And I'd say even in a more true way, I help people win the day reestablish structure with nutrition, help slot in the right kinds of food, start the day off right with a good breakfast that doesn't have a lot of decision fatigue in it and gives you lots of micronutrients and helps you feel full. And then we're shifting momentum in people's lives because when we're doing good and we're doing healthy behaviors, it's more likely that we do more of those in the future. And the converse is actually true too. So what we're really doing is managing momentum and also helping, you know, create hedges against the busyness and all the excuses that so many of us have. I don't have time for this. So this is all these things here. And we can bust through those excuses with strategies, but it requires a lot of proactive planning. It does not happen by accident. 
Health does not happen by accident. When you find really healthy people that are successful long-term, like you go into a gym and you find a 60-year-old woman who's like in phenomenal shape, she has core routines and habits that she's probably been doing for the last five to 10 years that are now kind of second nature. So how do you take someone who doesn't have that and create those? That's a personal journey, but there's like steps that you can take. And we figured it out. A lot of people have, and we just help people like create that routine. So many people, I get this feeling you see it a lot that they want instant gratification. Like they're complete, like their habit cycle, right? They do something, there's a trigger point, they want that reward right away. And we see it in, gosh, anywhere from lab mice all the way up to human beings. Sure. Fitness and overall health is pretty much the opposite of that, right? <laughs> so you get a lot of people who are like, well, I worked out, I went to the gym for a week, I didn't see any results. What the hell am I supposed to do now? I, I, there's no hope for me. What's your message to somebody out there that says, you know what, I've tried a bunch of different stuff. It was just, it was just too hard. It just took too long. Yeah, I'm saying that the people that have that experience are having a very common one. You're right. I mean, the process of delayed gratification is at the core of achieving some kind of health and fitness change. Yet, what we found that makes people most successful is creating a broader and a very strong framework around what this journey is and the significance of it. So before people even read the meal plans that we give them or go through any workout programs and training, we have them do a deep journaling and reflection exercise that we call creating your mission statement. And the purpose of this on the on the beginning is to help people like clarify what their actual deep motivations are. But what we're really doing is tapping into that deep area of the limbic system and these areas that have a lot of these reward neurotransmitters transmitters like the dopamine, serotonin, et cetera. And we're helping people create new neuro associations and more gravity around their behaviors. We're helping people honestly start consciously a hero's journey, not a one work wake workout kick, but like a real deep journey that like I am here to transform. These are the things I actually stand for. I believe in integrity, health, spirituality, financial abundance, being a good example for my kids. I see how my current behaviors are driving me in a path that's not aligned with that. So now this is more about my integrity. It's not just like a fitness kick. And I also, we help people get very conscious on future casting the pain if they don't change. I think one bias of the human mind is we don't have a, we're kind of myopic. We don't really, we're not able to see how the cheeseburger that we eat today is laying down plaque that's going to have problems in, you know, 10 years from now. So we do help people both have the carrot of what you could achieve as well as the stick. We got to really pull hard on these motivational frameworks. And then we need to get people in community and environment. The reason kids learn well, by and large, is not just because the information is good. It's because they're in an environment, ideally, if it's a good education system, where there's a lot of external supportive factors. You can see people, you can see the kids that are ahead of you. You're in fourth grade, and you can see the eighth graders, and they're crushing it. And you're like, wow, I wonder if I could be like that one day. When you get people in a shared community of good values, it creates a powerful framework. Like People get unhealthy by themselves late at night, stressed out after work, eating things like this. To break that cycle, we need to kind of bring these things to light, realize this is a problem. I'm struggling with it. Other people struggle with it. And now I'm in a part of something that has a little more of a frame. And we like the idea of creating timed change parameters. So like our initial phase one of our program is 30 days. Someone's not ready to commit to this for the rest of their lives, but try this for 30 days and have some direct experience and we'll see what kind of shifts you can make. And the good news of weight loss is in 30 days, it is very achievable to lose 10, 15 pounds of like weight on a reasonable way through just nutrition, walking, hydration, sleep, et cetera. And, and that's very motivating. There's now, once you go far enough in the path, then you get some intrinsic motivation that starts to kick in. So there's stages of the journey. And as coaches and practitioners, we need to understand how to architect that 
or at least help people realize, oh, you're here. Like this is normal. This is what it's like in the first month. And the challenges you may face in month six are different. Weight loss starts to stall a little bit. Maybe you get a little bit of an injury or a setback. There's a trajectory to any kind of learning journey. And quite frankly, getting healthy is a learning journey. It's a long process, like you said. And I love the visualization aspect of it of, okay, patient, you're right here. And I use patient just because I'm ingrained in the healthcare world here. But you're right here. Here's where we need to go. Don't give up hope because look how far you've come, right? I don't think a lot of people focus on the progress that they've been able to make. It's all, you know, you talked about, you know, grabbing a, grabbing a cheeseburger and that instant gratification. I'm going to go back to that. Hey, I just grabbed this cheeseburger. I'm going to have a couple beers after work just to help me relax. But it's going to be okay because next time I see my doctor, I'm just going to ask for this magic happy pill that's just going to make all my problems go away. As a naturopathic physician, how do you react to the latest trends in weight loss medication? You know, there's there's a plethora of them coming out that we haven't really seen the science of what exactly the long-term effects of that are. It's helping a lot of people. But again, there's no behavioral change in my mind underlying it. So is this a flash in the pan when we talk about these weight loss drugs? Yeah. Well, this is actually interesting. So I did my undergraduate studies at the University of Pennsylvania, and I did research in the lab originally on some of these GLP-1 agonists, which I think is maybe what you're referring to, but so, but some of these incretin hormones that help control our hunger and, and, and et cetera, and can help with weight loss. You know, these are tools. I'm not here to villainize these in any way, shape, or form. People can take these, yet they're going to be Band-Aid solutions if we're not really changing like your relationship to food and what you put on your mouth on a regular basis and how you relate to your health and your body and, and how much habits and consistency you can have. I think they can be really good short-term boosters. You know, I'd say of our program members, and we've helped people lose well over several hundred thousand pounds inside of our community. I'd say we maybe even have like 5% or less of people are taking some kind of prescription medication to help them lose weight. Can be beneficial, but obviously we all know it's not the foundation. If someone is using this as an adjunct to a behavioral change nutrition modification, like, yeah, use it. I mean, you can put better gas in the car, put better gas in the car, but you know, it needs, it needs to be changed from the behavior for it to be sustainable. And I think people want sustainable change. Yeah. And, and you know, like the Manjaro's and the kind of headline creating drugs out there. It, I see this as, as kind of a, a microcosm of our healthcare industry that people want to live really poor lifestyles, but then they're like, oh, I got a magic pill that I can just go out there and solve all my problems. And doctors are participating in that because they don't have enough time to actually do everything that you just talked about for the last 15 minutes or so of mm -hmm. lay out that plan, let people go. Do you think that, you know, doctors have, if they had more time to spend educating people that they could do better for their patients when it comes to nutrition and weight loss? Oh, for sure. I mean, the system and the incentive structures right now and just the timing of how it all is set up is is not conducive to, one, doctors don't always have enough nutrition education through traditional medical schooling. Like, that's a fact. We all recognize that. That's going to change, hands down. It's really cool. And, like, there's going to be more of that. But even so, um, in a doctor in an office is, has a job to use his or her medical knowledge to create accurate diagnoses and, and give some prescriptive guidance on, like, how, how to proceed and motivational interviewing with the patient. I think there's going to be an interface with things like health coaches, maybe even with AI to help keep people more accountable. That's going to help like be a touch point that is a little more of a continuity of like daily care and check in that I don't know is necessarily the doctor's 
core competency or responsibility. But like, there's also people like us out there that are serving to kind of bridge the gap between physicians. Like all of our, pretty much all of our fit fathers and fit mothers are still getting regular checkups, blood work, many of them medications, having those medications being managed. They're just also now have us to help them interface in the other time when they're not with their physician. Doctors certainly could step up. The system could certainly change. I will say I somewhat disagree with you in that you made the comment that most people want to effectively just take the pill and continue doing the crap. I think that's shifting because I think now we're all getting a little more clear intuitively that that's just not actually the highest path and we know that like won't work. I think there's a, it's a level of maturity of understanding that many people have just gotten burned so many times on diets and different kinds of things. They know that's not the long term. I think people do want to do better, but I think people do need stress release valves. I think people do enjoy food. And the cool thing too is insofar as we have a lot of pressures, we have a lot of tools. There have never been this many healthy food products that taste 80% as good as the the real thing, but have like are way better for you. So there's ways to make slots in. It just means you got to shake it up. You got to do some cleaning of your home, cleaning of your food products and choices, deep motivational stuff that we talked about. It's a it's a journey, but if, when it becomes a priority, hopefully not when you have your first MI or something like that, that kicks you in the ass to go take care of it. Like it can be done. That is something I will happily admit to being incorrect about doc. I, I, that is not a problem for me to say, you know what? Hey, I was wrong that most people, uh, do not want the easy way out, the perceived easy way out. So mm-hmm. fi- I, I'm fine calling me out, uh, as far as that goes. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear back from our title sponsor, freedom doc. Physician burnout is a killer. It's driving our best and brightest out of medicine. The only solution to burnout is to be your own boss. The easiest way to be your own boss is to join the Freedom Doc Physician Network. Freedom Doc is a unified consumer brand and will fully finance your practice so you can enjoy a healthier lifestyle, take better care of patients, and spend more time with your family. You focus on patients, Freedom Doc focuses on your business. So if you're ready to be your own boss, visit our website, freedomdoc.care, to learn more and schedule a consultation with one of our experts, Freedom Doc Accessible Concierge Healthcare. Now back to our episode with Dr. Anthony Balduzzi, founder of the Fit Father Project and Fit Mother Project, podcast host, naturopathic physician, so much more. One hell of a motivational speaker, I will add in that, as, as uh, I've enjoyed our conversation so far. So Dr. Balduzzi, I, I always want to take the second half of our episode to dive a little bit deeper into the person behind the microphone. You have a very touching story, and I find that a lot of people who set out to help the general population and help others have a deeply personal connection to their work. Tell us a little bit about how you got into this. I was born in Syracuse, New York, and um, I have a younger brother. His name is Nick. And I think what was unique about my childhood is that I grew up watching my own dad get very sick. I think like many fathers, he went out there to just bust his butt to provide for the family. In the process, he was very stressed. He neglected a lot of his health habits, and he got a cancer diagnosis when he was in his late 30s, and he went through multiple radiation treatments, two brain surgeries. It was, it was brain cancer, and he eventually died when he was 42 years young, is what I'll say, and I was nine years old at the time. And so I was so impressed by that experience to see that the man that I looked up to the most, everything he loved I saw that it depended on health, and when he lost that, he lost everything. So it motivated me from a young age to figure out, one, how was I going to step up and heal myself? 
And two, in my young mind, how was I going to become so healthy and strong that cancer wouldn't affect me? And so I started to learn about nutrition. I started to exercise and I got, became very, very motivated in a sense. Like, like I grew up very fast and I got, became massively passionate about, I had this intuitive sense that my dad's like the things he was doing was contributing to this. Now, not knowing the exact cause of what that was, it certainly like made that connection in my mind. And so that propelled me on this journey to get into fitness. And I was a personal trainer throughout high school and early college. I started competing in bodybuilding. And then in bodybuilding was a very cool experience because I got to see the firsthand effects of what happens when you're very intense and extreme about your nutrition, and your exercise, the kind of changes you can make to body composition. And obviously, when you're looking very like lean and strong, people want to know what you're doing because people want to look and feel that way. And then, you know, in medical school, that morphed into seeing a lot of people who had no habits around these lifestyles things and I knew we needed to fix it. So that's the quick origin of, of how I kind of came to get interested in healthcare. But I guess what I really learned is this, we are humans, we have this human embodied experience and these body vehicles that we have shape and color all the things that we have. It shapes our freedom because later in life, when we have a bad spine, when we're on multiple medications, we can't fly. When we have issues with our heart, like it limits our ability to experience. When we're eating the wrong foods, when we create imbalances in our neurochemistry because we're out of circadian rhythm balance, like effectively what happens is we have, we have a depressed experience of life. There is no separation between our body and our life experience. We are embodied. And I realize that when we can all elevate and get our bodies to great functioning or even better than they are, everything is going to get better. Colors are brighter. Our connections are there. We feel more love. We, we can be of more service. So I see this as like our prime hero's journey and also as our prime opportunity for people in our current culture. Like everyone's out there seeking money. They're seeking God. They're seeking more love and connection. And I can tell you from seeing tens of thousands of people transform, one of the greatest paths to all of those things is to get our bodies back into alignment. When the body is in alignment, we feel a certain amount of congruency that is indescribable. We feel life energy going through us because we have regulated blood sugar and better neurochemistry. We feel more confident, so we show up better in our leadership capacities. We're setting a good example for our families, and quite frankly, I believe that this mind-body-spirit element of our life experience, where we can feel closer to whatever we believe is true with our faith. So this is the hero's journey to walk. We have lots of people who are struggling with this. I think as physicians and people in the industry, it's an even more of a thing that, like, get yourself right like it's tough to be in the office and telling people to do certain things if you're still on this journey. And that's not to say you need to be perfect by any means, but the more you walk this path authentically, I think the more you can actually subconsciously communicate that value and the possibilities to others because we're all busy and there are a lot of pressures and we need to learn how to embody this in ourselves. It's a total quality of life, right? Like you see people who are morbidly obese and you're just like, how do you get around? And I ask that a lot. I'm like, goodness gracious like it's it's sad and i've always heard you know gosh this is a while ago i heard this but someone's like look at look at your health especially as you age kind of like your retirement account you got to invest a little bit early on so that you have this nest egg at the end of it and not just getting the end of of your career and saying holy shit, what do i do now so you take that kind of analogy and you put it towards your body and i'm like this makes a lot of sense to me what kind of challenges do you see when you're talking to people and they're like, oh, I just can't do it. It's too late for me. What is your response to them? I mean, well, some of the main challenges are I think a lot of people have an all or nothing mindset. Like I'm either all on the plan or all off the plan or I'm following the perfect diet or I'm not following this. 
Other people have excuses about don't have enough time, have this certain kind of injury or limitation that means I can't do X, Y, Z. And oftentimes in our excuses, there are grains of truth, but they're certainly not absolutely true. And the process of transformation is part of a a conscious process of bringing into awareness those things that are holding us back, looking at them and seeing where there's chinks in the armor. Like, is it absolutely true that you have no time to exercise? No, it's absolutely true that you are very busy and maybe your exercise plan Monday through Friday is taking a 30 minute walk and you can do a high intensity workout once on Saturday. And it is absolutely true that walking every day and doing one workout a week is a hundred times better than doing zero exercise because you believe you have no time. It is absolutely true that you can enjoy foods like pizza, beer, burgers once in a while. And it's best if those things are proactively planned on a Friday or Saturday. And it's kind of like proactive instead of reactive. And your Monday through Friday meals are somewhat dialed in. It's absolutely true that you'll benefit from dialing in a standardized breakfast every day that doesn't require a lot of thinking that fills you up and that's very convenient and doesn't take up a lot of time. So it's challenging our thinking. It's getting structure in place. It's looking at our home environment and asking ourselves, how can we pave the path to create more success? Like this is a deep game, right? I mean, it's, it's every facet of our lives. It's our homes, it's our minds, it's our actions, it's our preferences and addictions. It's getting honest with ourselves and it's a practice. You don't win the health game. Even if you did good for the first 40 years of your life, like you never like win the game. You still have to keep on showing up. The cool thing though is if you get more momentum, it gets easier to show up and it gets intrinsically rewarding. Like who loves going to the gym? Fit people love going to the gym because it's fun to be fit and it's fun to push yourself. Like the process of getting there is not always fun, but I can say this. Even if you took you 20 or 30 years to get unhealthy, we've had people lose 150 pounds in a single year. Change your life in one year, in your 50s, right? So like as bad as it was, you can make such phenomenal change in a relatively short period of time. It takes a somewhat heroic effort. Like this needs to become that important to you. And just the blessings of it are are so tremendous that I I believe the journey's worth it. I'm a big fan of the saying, you know, instead of saying I don't have time for it, just say it's not my priority. And I think that that rewires people the way that they think to say, you know what, my health and fitness has not been a priority, but now it can be right. There's still hope. It's never too late. I I guess that's like the greatest message I can take out of this discussion with you is that it's just never too late. You can have all ages of people coming in saying, you know what, I'm ready to make that change for me. I want to ask about community because that's where I get the sense that, you know, the Fit Father Project really sets sets itself apart. You have a community. It's not just a plan and say, hey, just go do this, right? You're connecting with other people who support you. And I think that is so important for human beings as social creatures. You know, we're very tribal. We we have our close-knit family in our groups and then kind of going out from there. But if we don't, if I make a decision to say like, look, I'm going to take back control of my health and I don't have support, whether at home or at work or through my friends group, I'm probably not going to do it. So explain to us if you can. Uh, <laughs> I know that's a huge conversation, but what role does your community play in helping people get over those hurdles? Yeah, it's a beautiful question. I mean, community is is the X factor, the social fabric that touches something in our human spirit that allows us to be vulnerable, to say, this is what I'm going through and other people are going through it, to model behavior, which is one of the main ways we learn is by modeling, to give us a safe space where when we inevitably hit a roadblock, we have a place we can come and post. And I'm talking like mechanically, like these are online groups that we have, like people join our programs from all over the United States and all over the world. And they get to come into a group where other people who have or further around the path or starting at the same time with them are posting and sharing. And there's a couple things that happen. It's like, 
we know we need to clear out the mind and get rid of some of these uh, mental habits and patterns of, of negative thinking and self-destructive behaviors. Like, I love that analogy of how do you clean a glass of water? All you have to do is just pour more clean water in and eventually the whole glass will be clean. A community is a little bit like a constant pour of clean water because even if you're struggling right now and maybe you see a post one day of someone else is struggling and now you know I'm not alone or you see a triumphant post of someone who was like, man, I was getting my butt kicked a year ago, but look at me now. I can't believe I stuck with this. This is so good. So a community feeds the mind with positive stuff and this is different than what we're seeing on a lot of places of the internet and social media where people are being fed with reactive negative things. So a community can be like an insulation, a safe space. And it can be something that even if your your family and immediate environment's not on board, it's a place where you can go and lean on people and find support. A community is also a place where you can track and be accountable. Like I, I think a big part of the health journey is actually like tracking wins, tying data to stuff and like in posting on a regular basis, it's about creating rhythm. So it's a place where you can engage there. And, and many people are looking in the early days subconsciously for ways that they can they can trip up or fall off track just because there's deep patterns like one bad week and you want to fall off track or you don't you're a little unsure about this. So ah, I'm just not going to do it today. A community can help fill in those gaps and, and, and certainly coaches and experts can help do that. So a community also drives culture. When you go into like, I imagine like a good sports franchise, you join the Chicago Bulls or something like this. They're like, we have this great long history. You come in and you're a part of something that is like pre-existent and preeminent and you kind of want to rise to the occasion. A community can do that too, especially if you have a structured curriculum for transformation. Like our veterans, the people who have been with us for three, four, five years have a huge role in interfacing and keeping like our, our new members like motivated. It's not us. And so now we're talking about a generative cycle where it's not just top down doctor is responsible for, for making sure that you're accountable. It's like all the goodness of humans together are helping each other in a messy way. That's hard to describe. We just happen to call it community. And one thing I want to share in relation to community, but also maybe what we were talking about a little bit on limiting beliefs a lot of people who believe they need to be healthy immediately think they need to go spend time exercising and working out. Like the longest living people on the planet, the pockets of longevity, the centenarians, they're not doing P90X. They're eating whole plant-based diets. They're huddled around community. They have time outside. They do daily walking. They have good circadian rhythm management and they have positive social connections and they eat mostly natural foods. And I think mentally we tie many of these things together. Like to get on a fitness routine, I must be doing some kind of exercise plan plus some kind of nutrition thing, plus get some supplements, plus this. And like, that's just simply not true. You're going to eat food every single day, regardless, unless you're intentionally fasting for some reason. If you just better slot in healthier meals for at least the first two meals of the day, dinner can still be whatever you've removed two thirds of your decision points and you try to walk like that plan is like 75% of the way there. And getting healthy is about good is good enough. It's not about perfect and good is good enough can get you to continuously be consistent. And a community also helps model that too. It helps you break some limiting beliefs. I love it. And, and, you know, you beat me there. I was going to say, Hey, what, what's your, what's your number one tip for somebody who's listening and just saying, gosh, how do I kind of leg into this? And you just hit the nail on the head. So I, I appreciate you, uh, a veteran podcast host. So yeah, I'll, always, always a pleasure there. I wanted to talk about one last subject. And you brought this up briefly, the aspect of mental health, right? Mental health is all the rage in modern day society and tying that in with, you're talking about post and you're, you know, essentially you're a purveyor of an online community. How do you guys keep it positive? Because I feel like there's such an inclination for social media and seeing how other people are doing 
for people to slide into dark places and be very negative on themselves. What's the secret to keeping social media, keeping your mental health in a place where it is positive and on track? You know, I, I think it's like it's it, the answer is culture. Like in the in the social media world, just like outside, it's like a free for all. It's a wild, wild west. And people who are post have specific like worldviews or vibes about them. Our community, when people come in, they're paying money. So like they're they're saying like, yes, this is important enough for me that I'm exchanging some dollars to be a part of this experience. And the frame that we create early on is like, this is a hero's journey. And now you're in you're in the fight. You've entered the arena. Like, welcome. And now these are all these people that are in this with you. I guess it's like there is a culture of goodness that automatically happens when people walk through transformation and they achieve something substantive in their lives that we get into the service mode. It's the human spirit. Like when we discover something new and amazing, we're like, oh, you got to check this out. You got to hear, have an experience this. So it's like the fact that we produce results integrates this goodness loop to the new people. And then that's what they see. And I, I think we've had honestly thousands and thousands of posts, maybe like one or two negative posts. And when those things come up, they get swarmed on by our community and being like, Hey man, you don't actually believe this. You're just having a tough day. Like I used to lash out like this too. I understand this kind of stuff. So it's like, it's like a police for goodness, but, but everything is, is, is available and you can have any experience you want. I'm thankful that it's like good culture can kind of like do that as well. But again, our community is isolated and insulated from the wide world at large. It's people who are very specifically joining this thing called fit father or fit mother. So there's a specificity to it that I think creates that kind of power. Um, and thankfully, just because of how awesome and effective and, and great our stuff is for many people, like it just ends up being positivity. And and when you feel that, it's like people aren't going and cussing in church for the most part. It's just like, why? I don't know. It's just like it's got the vibe. Like people come here to like try to bring out the best stuff. And it's like they don't have to put a sign up there. You know, it just is kind of what it is. Well, nobody wants a bolt of lightning coming down at them. Uh, for sure. That too. No, no one service. wants to be smitten, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I like, you know, people... It, it, it's like that, you know, the people are there because they want to be there and they realize that it's time to make a change and this is going to be the best thing. So put all my effort behind it. Dr. Balduzzi, uh, last question for you. All right. I want you to dream big on this one. You have the ability to rent out every single billboard there is in the United States, but you got to put a very succinct message in there to people passing by to get your message across. What do you put on your billboards across the nation? Dang, that's a good question. I want it to be helpful not just like brand promoting. Um, I think the one thing that we could probably do to help global health more than anything else is improve the way people eat today. We just know that the food input is so strong in either creating like low-grade chronic inflammation that, that's going to be cause all sorts of problems, neurologic and physical. I think maybe I would say good nutrition drives 80% of your health success. If we could drive that home and now help people really start to look at, okay, what am I actually putting in my body and what that will do in turn when people become truly more conscious, like nutrition drives 80% of your health success. It would take away some of the guilt that I don't have time to exercise. It would also change consumer behavior where we now start to like 
look into and buy healthier foods. We're shopping the perimeter, buying the fruits, the vegetables, meat, seafoods, whatever, which is going to influence the side of the industry that's driven by demand and, and the amount we spend on all the crappy products. So those would dwindle over time because like we need this whole shift to happen. And I think obviously consumer demand drives supply and what people market. And if the money is moving towards people actually internalize this nutrition message, then the companies that are providing the good, wholesome food are going to start to win. And that's where the money's going to start to flow. And so we got to change this on like a agricultural industrial level, which I guess is a lot by consumer demand. So it'd be a, probably a message about good nutrition. Dr. Anthony Balduzzi, founder of the Fit Father Project and Fit Mother Project. Thanks for joining us here on the show. Thanks, Chris. That's going to do it for this episode of Healthcare Americana. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out online at healthcareamericana.com to catch previous episodes. Subscribe to our mailing list and visit our online store. Once again, I am your host, Christopher Habig. Thanks for listening. Check out healthcareamericana.com to hear all of our episodes. Visit the shop and learn more about the podcast. Healthcare Americana is produced and managed by Taylor Scott and iPodcast Pro. Healthcare Americana is brought to you by Freedom HealthWorks and Freedom Doc. If you've been struggling to get the care you need and the access you want, it's time to join your local Freedom Doc. Visit freedomdoc.care to find the practice location nearest you. Whether you're a patient, employer, or physician, the Free Market Medical Association can facilitate and assist you in your free market healthcare journey. The foundation of our association is built upon three pillars, price, value, and equality, with complete transparency in everything we do. Our goal is simple, match willing buyers with willing sellers of valuable healthcare services. Join us and help accelerate the growth of the free market healthcare revolution. For more information on the Free Market Medical Association, visit fmma.org. Hi again, everyone. This is Chris. At Healthcare Americana, we're always on the lookout for great stories to tell in the healthcare industry. And we'd like to hear yours. Check out healthcareamericana.com and send us your ideas for episodes or if you'd like to be a guest. Thanks again for listening. Hope you enjoy it.